This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I am your host, Jesse May Peluso. How's everybody doing? Hope you're having a magical week. Speaking of magic, here's a little magic. Grandma's wind chimes coming in all the way. Blast from the past. Uh, you guys, I'm going to be in Albany, New York on June 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Albany Funny Bone. Come on out. Come on out and laugh, upstaters. Let's do this. Let's ring in the summer with some laughter and some jokes. Put away all of your offense, lower your inhibitions, and open your hearts. And come on out and, and join me. I'm also going to be in Miami. I forgot about that. The end of May, 29th, 30th, 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd. Those dates are going to be put up on my website soon. Uh, a couple different locations all over Miami. We've got Albany Funny Bone, 7th, 8th, and 9th of June. I'm going to be back hosting Confetti for Facebook on June 21st, summer solstice. That's exciting. Uh, July, I'm going to be in Montreal for the Just for Last Festival, doing a bunch of shows. I had to move my Wise Guys Utah weekend, the 25th, 26th, and 27th, so I will get you a new date for that. Make sure to check me out in Omaha, Nebraska, at the Omaha Funny Bone, the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Of August and more dates as well. Uh, JessieMay.com for tickets. You can go online and come see me live. Bring your friends. And you guys know when you come see me live, a portion of the ticket sales will be donated to the Alzheimer's Association. Also on the summer solstice, I am planning an event with the Alzheimer's organization. They're doing the longest day as a fundraising charity event all across the country to raise awareness for Alzheimer's. And a bunch of people are picking events and things to do to raise awareness. I am planning on doing a roller skating party in L.A. and possibly a comedy show as well. So we're getting those details together. So stay tuned to figure out what that's going to look like. I will probably have ticket information on my website and 100% of whatever we sell will be donated to the Alzheimer's Association. So that'll be a lot of fun. Giving back, having fun, meeting my fans, my favorite things to do. And I, uh, I hope you guys are having an amazing week. This, this episode is exciting for me because I actually got to sit down with a, a comedian and actress who I've been a fan of and I've never really had the opportunity to have a conversation with. It's weird, like in this industry, you work so much and you run in these circles with people who you feel like you know because you see them all the time, you talk to them, like in this, you know, environment of a comedy club slash bar. So it's social, but you don't really sometimes get to know every single person. So this particular 
wonderful woman I had never actually sat down with, but I always was a fan of. And she was on one of my favorite shows when I was, uh, I forget how long ago that show was on, 24? Do you guys remember 24? (laughs) With Jack Bauer? Oh, God, that show caused me so much stress. So much freaking stress. And I, I must have binged that show. I think that was the first show I remember binging on when, you know, you just couldn't wait for the next one to come on. I don't even remember what the, if Netflix was a thing then. How old are we? We're all so old. <laughs> I miss network television. I miss coming home at like, you know, knowing that like on, T- on Friday there was TGI Friday and you could watch Step by Step and Family Matters and Full House and just eat cereal for breakfast. And, you know, we didn't know what the Kardashians were yet and we didn't weren't worried about likes. We were just living our life in the flesh. But, you know, you got to move forward. Life evolves. We have to evolve. If you don't evolve, you die. So stay moving, folks. Keep moving. Keep evolving. Speaking of evolving, let me evolve to the, to the interview with a very, very talented actress, really funny comedian, and it was such an honor to sit down with her. We talked about parenting and being in the industry, and I may even have shed a tear or two for the 27th time on this podcast. <laughs> I bear it all for you guys. I bear my soul. That's why we're here at the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Um, Coming up, a very fun interview and revealing interview with the talented, funny, and just all-around great gal, Marilyn Rajgub. And I probably butchered her name again. Rajgub. Rajgub. She liked the way I said it. Marilyn Rajgub. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. I hope you're enjoying your life. Thank you for tuning in. And please rate and review the podcast. Appreciate you so much. Enjoy the interview with Miss Marilyn Roshkub. <laughs> Fuck, how do you say her last name? Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. Farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is a Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm gonna make it all sound like one word. I'm excited about our guest because I haven't actually had an opportunity to sit down and chat with you before. Comedian, actress, model, supermom, author, supermodel. activist, <laughs> just all these accolades. Activist mom. The very hilarious Marilyn Roshkob. Hi. Did I say your last name right? It's Rice Cub, but Rice I, Cub. I like the way that you said it. it Roshkob. Yeah, it sounds po- it, posh. It sounds very posh. It sounds posh. upper crust. It, yeah, it does. Where, it sounds royal. Is it Russian? It's Czech. And Czech. Polish, Czech, Polish. Are you like, are you from there or did you? No. Yeah, just regular white My Czech? parents are from Detroit. My Damn. mom's all Irish. My dad is Czech and Polish. Did you grow up in Detroit? Suburbs. Fuck. What was that like? Um, was it rough in the suburbs? No. Really? No. My Well, my parents were both like strict Catholic school in Detroit proper. Yeah. 
And then they left for, you know, during white flight is what they called it. What the fuck was white flight? That sounds like a movie with Nicolas Cage. There, yes. <laughs> that sounds like an action Now film. that I brought it up, like, I'm all <laughs> impressing you with the... I'm gonna, about to Google yeah, white flight Google because white I don't want to say it wrong. It's like when the white people left... Detroit? Detroit during race, during the ah, riots. Ah, okay. The white, white... Where is that movie? There is a movie about it. I have never heard of White I couldn't Flight. get through it. It was the woman that made that other movie. Hurt Locker? Yes. Well, how did you know? I don't know. Because this industry is so fucked up that when you say the m- woman who directed the movie, there's the one woman you think of. The phenomenon of white people moving out of urban areas, particularly those with significant minority populations in suburban areas. That's interesting because I thought it was that term was particular to this. To which Detroit. it is, but, but it also is a thing. Like a it's general also, term. Yeah. Wow, white flight. That's a originated great... in the starting in the 1950s and 60s, large scale migration of people of various European ancestries from racially <laughs> mixed urban. So, like my mom's memories of Detroit are this magnificent city, and that was before like the city was going in the shitter combination of racial tension. Yeah. Um, and I think people were moving to Detroit for all the business, and then some shit went down. Because the car industry was huge there. Huge. Yeah. That, that so was like th- the so things were going really well. Right. Like, so her memories are of like taking the streetcar to the department store and oh, some real classy shit. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, my parents are. What do they do? Like, what does your mom do for work? They're when... sort of like Northern, you know what I mean? Like, they're we're not from the South type of holding right. on to that they they she has like a integrated view of race relations but yeah. she also was a actively a part of white flight and it was also at that time when they were you know that forced inter- integration that didn't work that you, yes. people lots of people are like oh yeah i went to a school like that where they like bust in inner city kids and stuff yep. like that thinking that would solve uh, the my problem mom was a um worked at a pharmacy for years as a pharmacy technician like at a drugstore and my dad was a pipe fitter for the electric company and that's what he moved to the suburbs for that job so they you know they got in the um lot where the, all the houses you know every four every house, house is the same yep. and they were just being built up and it was a new subdivision and it were was a whole streets, new life were the streets arced yep. like they kind of like flowed yep. like a little river stream like they yep. weren't straight well, no, you know we, didn't, we didn't have that shape. We had like sort of soft rectangles. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, a similar, you mean you're running into the same types of houses yeah. over and over. That's very idyllic. I yeah. feel that type of upbringing. And your dad, I mean, working with his hands, those those jobs are going to be, there aren't going to be people for those yeah. jobs. Nobody wants that to work with their electric hands. electric company, it took me years. Like, I think I was well into adulthood before I was like, it's run by coal. Like, I remember <laughs> visiting it as an adult, and it's an electric company yeah. that's run by coal. Yep. And he was a pipe fitter, so he would work in extreme heat or extreme cold and, you know, go to work at, like, 6 a.m. every day, get off at 3, and I just never Did he ever have any together. health issues from it? Not really. Maybe he does. I don't. They're I both think still alive, fatigue. both your parents? Yeah. they still together? Yeah. Wow. How many years? 50. Holy I don't know. You got siblings? 
I have two older sisters. What do they do? I don't know anything. We have not. We've talked. never really talked. I'm my, like talking like how I would if I know, we were like, having coffee. What are you like? <laughs> we're, how many sisters? I, know, do you I have? need all your stats too. <laughs> I have my sister, one of them is in business. The other one worked a little bit, but is they're, they're both moms. Yeah. And one of them is more of a career person than the other one. And you're the only one that's in the industry. Yeah. Were your parents supportive? Yeah. In the beginning. I mean. They're always scared. My mom was like, well, you better have a backup. It was That was not, the big thing. It was, if you talk to her now, you know, my parents were like, we were always supportive of you. And they were to as much as they could be. Yeah. You know, I, it was definitely a hard break of like, you're not supposed to leave. You know, like I definitely was on my own. Were you on a different path and then you discovered that you wanted to be in the industry? Like, where were you at your life, in your life were you wanted to get into acting and, and stand up well, and did, all that. I did um, acting when I was a kid and in high school. It really was the only thing that I liked, but I didn't think of it in terms of you could, well, I was like, I'm not going to make money. I'm not going to go to school to be yeah. an actor. And also I was not college bound. You know, my, my family's very working class. So like my two be- best friends in high school were like, I'm going to U of M. And I was like, Oh, like <laughs> sounds like so, a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up getting into art school and then a friend of mine, she found out that you could go to San Francisco for a semester and like something deep inside of me, again, not connecting it, certainly not to the entertainment, but just the notion of leaving Michigan. I was like, I gotta go. And then I just like never came back and I started finishing art school in San Francisco, doing performance art, getting into more performing, running into comedians and just being really attracted to like. Did you start stand up in college? I did Through. performance art, yeah. and then I started making fun of performance art. But I was so <laughs> – it was like oh, – it was like I did, like, poetry slams to, because it was that era, you know? Like, and, yeah. I came, and I came from art school, so, like, the comedy clubs were closing, so some of the people would, like, intersect. So I would see them in bars. And once I started seeing comedians in these open mic situations, and they were doing, like, stuff that they wouldn't do in the clubs, but to me, I would see them and I would be like – they're so polished, you know what I mean? Because it was these other people like reading poetry from a book and then the comedians would just talk. Yes. And I was like, that was very attractive to me. But I still didn't think, I was so like afraid to speak and so messed up that I would do like a performance art version. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would collect parts of sentences. So when I moved to LA, I was doing all these, I was just to do live shows. So I had met like, these people who were like, oh, we're doing shows in L.A. And I was like, I'll go to L.A. Just because I wanted to perform live. Anywhere, right. And so I was like, I knew I was doing comedy, but I also feel like, especially early on, I was like the pet of like, oh, let's let, like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, everybody was a weirdo. It was like, I met my weirdos. weirdos, But I was with some very high caliber, you know, like, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk, who had already wow. established themselves as writers. In specific types of so comedy. So I got accepted in that group, but it was always like, oh, let's see what weird thing she was going to do, even though everybody else was doing their version of it. So I fit in, but I didn't fit in. Yeah. And I still, for years, like I would, um, you know, I would torture myself over like, <laughs> you should come up with a sketch packet. And it's like, <laughs> I was so like socially messed up that it took everything to just get through a performance yeah i i it's only now i feel like i'm like oh i'm a person and i oh yeah me too i know what i'm saying i know you know i'm i'm starting to get used to what my mind like back then i was just like like you just like you're throwing it all out there and then it was very life and you 
you start your point of view gets refined. And but you know, and I was very lucky because I didn't. I love stand up. I knew I was doing comedy, but right. I also knew that I wasn't. I'm not a guy who's like, here's what I think about this. Like my yes. entry into it was all these super alt shows. And it was very much like back then it was like you do something different every time. Yeah. You know? Which makes it, you know, for a certain type of comedy, it's great. But then when you're like getting into the craft of it and, the re- and yes. being able to recreate the magic, that's where the difficulty comes and in. And at that time, everybody I hung out with was like, oh, the clubs, boo, like traditional clubs. Right. There was a big separation between road comics and we're breaking away from that. And I was in like, a, again, a really pretty amazing crowd of people. Yeah, for sure. Ca- caliber of people that went on to do. So it wasn't that there wasn't a craft there. It was just this, it was almost like this come down from the boom of the 80s yes, of that. The transition. And then it sort of has come back where people really are respecting that more. And even I finally at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, you know, it's when you go and do a weekend and you're doing six shows, it's like, I'm not fucking around like yeah. these people are like yeah. i'm giving i gotta yeah. give them a show exactly you know? like you gotta it's have taken like, years your stuff in of order. work yeah absolutely um what's wanna... your like when you're on the road do you have any routines like when you get to the hotel because i feel like for me i don't know if you're the same i mean because you're you have a family yeah you're a mom do you feel like you need to create home on the road to to not go crazy like do you have like you know i kind of just let myself go crazy <laughs> i, I that's what I do. Stouffer's mac and cheese, 3 a.m. Well, <laughs> I start out the weekend by going, oh, I left home. And then by the end of the weekend, I'm like out with the, you know, the 21-year-olds and like, what kind of music do I like? You know, I'm having those conversations at like 2 a.m. But that first day, I just really sink into the depression of it, you know? Sometimes I won't get a car. It took me years to be like, oh, you can rent a car. Like, I'll just get yes. there and I'll be like walking along the, the freeway. Yes. like. On the side of a highway. I'm so hungry. I guess I'll go to that Chili's. Or, uh, maybe I can walk to a grocery store. I just, walking along the freeway yes. has become like a real. But realizing you can get wheels and get out and experience yeah, it's a the whole new city world. a little bit. It's a whole new world. Like when I first started doing the road, it was like, I, I was like, oh, you like to torture yourself. Yeah. Or like just taking the hotel. Sometimes you can shift it so you're not in the most depressing yes. hotel. You just have to find those like little tricks. Like getting a car is a big one. That's a big one. Because that gets you out of your mind about being in the hotel. And then you just start to mix it up with the locals and find the little coffee shop or, you know, Because if you have a car, you're never going that far. No. You're just doing like maybe a mile radius, right? And then you're like, I'm tired. I'm going to go back to the hotel. (laughs) What, am I going to walk five miles? Yeah. Sometimes I do. Just like half the time. Just to like, you know, get out, get some fresh air, get the blood flowing so you're not stuck in the hotel looking at the mic uh, the the remote control thinking about all the amoebas on yeah. it you know how many kids do you have i have one child he's 10 <sighs> and a husband should i have a kid mm-hmm. you think so right away i feel like i need to have one soon i'm 36 i gotta pop it out i had a kid when i was 37 38 but that means i gotta have it in like a year well i mean that means i gotta be pregnant now well what you got in that purse <laughs> Oh, to impregnate you? Yeah, you got anything in there you could just toss in? Yep. <laughs> Funny you should ask. I had a feeling when I came here. It's Do still warm. Do you have warm. your travel semen? <laughs> <laughs> Little drop will do ya. It's travel size, so it's under two Daisy's ounces. Daisy's <laughs> travel semen. A little drop will do ya. <laughs> wow, I feel like I'm seriously contemplating it because I, my whole life. What's your boyfriend's hitch? 
He has a five-year-old. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't live with him. Long distance father. Because the mother was, oh. you know, they had a Does he not want any more kids because of that? Oh, he's into it. He's he into is. it. Yeah. But like, I just, it, it took losing my dad to realize the value of having a child. And like what oh. that relationship oh, wow. is. Yeah. And I never want, I never wanted that before. Never wanted a kid ever, 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 ever. That's pretty major. Yeah. That's some deep shit. I know. Right I just there. got a little emotional. It's all right. I'm bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What do you mean? Because you were, you're thinking about his, your relationship or his relationship to you or, or through like, his I, eyes. Having yeah. A child. Like just, I've never really cried on this podcast, but just how much he loved me and, and, and how much joy he brought to my life. And that kind of love, mm. you know, I want to give there, that to And you somebody. take for granted that it's there. No, you don't. I'm not saying you took it for granted, but we all do with yeah. our parents. We're like, when yeah. Yeah. When they're gone, you're like, fuck. You know, you almost want to replace it with something. And so I guess I just have to get pregnant. <laughs> but I mean. My semen that I have in here is dog semen. Is that cool? <laughs> you can have like a little. You can have your own. That puppy. would be. Oh, my God. That would be a dream come true. I'm going to cry because you're crying. If I gave birth to a litter. <laughs> you could sell a few. Oh, I could sell. Like I would be the most rich mom starting off. They're like, it costs a million to raise a kid. Fucking done. I sold six of them right out yeah, of the gate. I made right. you cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're turning it. We're turning uh, it around, though. I swear we're turning it around. Yeah, I just I think because having that relationship, it's just made me want to be a dog mom now. I mean, I'm, I am a dog mom. I have three fucking dogs. Yeah, that's a lot of dogs. I, that's a lot of dogs. <laughs> what, kind, what kind do you? I have a, a Rot, well, Rottweiler. What's it called? A Pitbull? Pitbix? I, I got a Chihuahua mix uh and then that's it just two little chihuahua mixes and a pit bull mix do they bark the little ones fuck yeah they drive me nuts are you kidding me it's like my neighbors just hear me go shut the fuck up there's dogs are like bang 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 like what the fuck oh my god what is going on yeah uh, so i think like for you you were in the middle of your career should yeah. i dry my tears or are you still really sad no, I, you can get back into it. You okay? can cry more. No, I'm good. I, I, I want to ask you about your dad. I'm not going no, to. No, you can. No, I'm fine now. I got the cry out. I'm good. I think um, I've cried once, uh, one other time. Did you podcast. see him like before he passed? Yeah. Did I, you, you were you were with him a lot? I was. He had Alzheimer's. And okay. it, from, di- from diagnosis to death, it was a year. So it's a really quick process. Because usually that process can be, you know, they linger with the disease. It's a slow burn. Um, but so that was a silver lining for my family and I is that he didn't suffer for that long. But the crazy thing is, are you religious? No, I'm not really either. No. But, uh, you know, I guess maybe spiritual, but I don't I don't necessarily believe in a single God. I don't know if I believe in a lot of gods. I think maybe there's something else at play or it's just crazy coincidence. Those are those are the options. But, do you know, John Heffron, mm-hmm. him and I have never met. And in the process of my father being sick, he had he had reached out to me and sent me a message um, that ended up being very pivotal in my relationship with my dad. And what was happening with my father with Alzheimer's, he was becoming forgetful. And our conversations would get a little bit harder to have. Even though we talked so much, it would get really difficult because he would forget what we just said or, you know, forget who I was. So I started calling him a lot less. Because of being afraid of what he mm-hmm. wouldn't remember that conversation. 
And so on my bathroom mirror, I wrote, call your father in lipstick to remind me to reach out to him, even though I was afraid, just to like Do it anyway. call him. And I still didn't for months. Yeah. You know, I, I was visiting him and stuff, flying back and forth from LA to Syracuse and all that. But um, there was one particular day on a Sunday where I woke up and I just had this like intense anxiety, just overwhelming anxiety. And, you know, the the call your dad things on the mirror and I looked at it again, didn't call him. I went to the grocery store. I was on the phone with my sister. I had this like panic attack. I'm like, I, I told him like, dad's dead. She's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, he's fine. I'm like, no, something's wrong. I just had this like day of being in disarray. And um, she had to calm me down. I'm like in the produce department crying over the kumquats. I'm like, something's wrong with dad. She's like, yeah, he's got Alzheimer's. It fucking sucks. But, you know, he's still he's with us. Everything's fine. Just go home and like smoke a joint. And calm the fuck down. Went home, calmed down, saw that message John Heffron had sent me. And he he said, I, I've never met you before, but I've been following your story with your dad. And I want to tell you that, you know, you're not alone. It's okay. And it's going to suck, but you're going to have a great hour after. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was like, I really needed to hear that. Cause I just had like an emotional attack in the produce department at the grocery store. I was like crying over a bag of grapes. And this feels really nice to hear, you know, even though we've never met, thank you for reaching out. You know, I, it's really I sweet. it was really sweet. And like, I was losing my hearing. My sister had to repeat herself to me when I was having this panic attack. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I just thought I was losing my hearing in the store. And he was like, funny, you should say that because hearing is thought to be the last sensation and sense to go when people are passing mm. hearing is the last to go and he said so just don't stop talking to your dad he's like make sure you talk to him he can hear you and i went and did a set after that i got home at like 1 30 in the morning and it was like you know east coast whatever that math is 3 30 are you talking about your dad in these set in your set yeah i you was okay. yep um and i got home and I decided to call my dad. He was in the nursing home at the time. I couldn't actually speak to him, but I, sp I spoke to the night nurse and I was just like, hey, can you tell my dad that it's Jesse and that I love him and just let him know that I called to say I love him? And she's like, sure. And so I went to sleep and my sister called me 15 minutes later. He had passed away after the nurse went in there and told him that oh I loved God. him. You weren't probably weren't expecting all this crazy emotional no. shit today. <laughs> so you, so like he was waiting he was waiting, you. but I never would have sent that fucking message if it weren't for John Heffron. Yeah. I never, I never would have, I, I would never would have called my dad had John Heffron not sent me that message. So I don't know what the fuck that is. You know what I mean? Could, is that something? Is it not? That's pretty fucking crazy, yeah, it right? Is. It's wild. Yeah, it really is. Do you want to put the semen in and me then now? Yeah, let's get it going. <laughs> and specifically that he would say that thing about hearing. Hearing. And that that was a thing that made and that me you call. had it. You already had that message to yourself. I know. You were already feeling bad. I was already feeling bad about it. It was so, so fucking crazy. And so you, that panic when your sister was like, he's fine. You were like premonitioning or something. I, I killed my dad. <laughs> That's what one Let of my really semen. good friends said. I killed semen, my dad. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, you know, that's where I'm at right now in my mind. And thinking about having a kid, like what for you, like how did that change your career? Because you, 10 years ago, <clears throat> you're working, you know, like yeah. you're, you're doing your thing. Like you're, you're working now, but like I, having a kid now might be difficult too. How did you adjust? Like what um, was the biggest 
adjustment you had to make when you had had your are we talking about it to get you to, to yeah you to yeah yeah, yeah i want to know You're what the heart take tell me baby the on the road yeah. um, can you no, take a baby I, on the road can you seriously where do you put the crib my the it's a it's a major adjustment to life in a good way but in terms of working i it it wasn't that bad for me because i was on the show uh 24 and I loved that show, by the way. Seriously? Such a huge oh, fan. I didn't know that. Yep, loved that show. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was a fan do of Do you have a weird am. moment when you look at me? Like, yeah, I do. Like, me I, like you being character. in here, I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, I love 24. Yeah, right? Really? Great show. And you were such, your character was such a great balance to the energy of the show. Like, I feel like you were you were a very pivotal character in that show. Yeah, and you balanced Jack Thank you very a lot. Much. That's how I feel. Big, it was a big deal. Uh, um, so when I was on that show, it, it actually was kind of amazing because I worked a lot but if you watch the show you know there's so much plot line so that my stuff and a lot of my stuff was on the computer yep. so when I was pregnant and having the baby they just they oh. worked around me but it wasn't hard to do because they just would stack up my shooting time and there were only like there was a period of time where I brought a nanny but it was not really not that cool to have like nanny and baby right you know because you're like trying to focus <laughs> so it it ended up being i would just work and you know we had the nanny for a period of time and my husband was there and um did it affect you like what was mentally? I um like did it change the way you performed did it change the way you acted on tv were you like it, everything got gets deeper yeah and, and and honestly the career stuff i was like oh this is what i was worried about right. when you have like a little kid you're like what the fuck like right. the, the gravity of life is and the the things that are important i was like wow i can't believe i was worried about that but i also was in a really good spot where i i was established i always think back to like my husband in that those times because i only knew him three months when we got pregnant and he didn't really wow so he was the one because i already my shit was already established yeah so he kind of had to come into my life and figure his shit out like quickly and we were just like all of a sudden go time for everything on all fronts of having this kid so the job for me was a real source of like obviously security and the fact that they were able to like you work know, they, around yeah because they knew everybody we all knew each other so well and you know i was pregnant the whole time on that show so it, you know i went from like when i got really pregnant like having a body double and they'd be you know <laughs> they'd be like here have a seat and give me like water oh, they were nice they were oh, like very God. so nice just welcoming and made it an, an enjoyable experience yes for you. and i don't you even feel like think a burden there was nothing i didn't have to get written out of anything or anything like that get the pregnant girl out of here yeah i remember once there was like a wide shot and i was back there was like this stack of computer one of those rooms where it's like lights and and, and i'm, I'm so rooms. not that character technicals in the room where it's like and then someone at the in the foreground was like you know hiding by the door and someone comes in and they pull a gun i'm in the background and you just hear cut because they like forgot i was pregnant until the camera pulled back and they're doing this like major action in front of me and then they're like oh shit like there's <laughs> there's a giant big, belly big belly in the back don't shoot the pregnant woman please avoid shooting cut. the belly <laughs> forgot about that one and her belly in the background 
Um, but yeah, that part of it was cool. And I would just say, you know, it's really, really hard, but the dimension that it brings to your life is really mind blowing. Like yeah. it's, it's very challenging, but it's, it's a whole other, it's a whole other like part of existence. Yeah. It's, it's like that, you know, you have those eras and stages in your life and it's so hard to imagine being in another stage when you're in that stage. And I'm in this transitional place where I'm like, let me get the semen. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title for the episode. Let me get this. Let's let's help this transition along. And my baby doesn't cry; it just it barks. <laughs> it was a little bit. It was half dog, half human in the semen. I Maybe to. I could give birth to like little. What are those like half man, half horses? Cin- Cinotar. That would be hot. What are those? Centaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Be That'd hot. be hot. Would I have to fuck a full horse to get a centaur? We gotta look into this. <laughs> Have you seen horse dicks? I cannot take a horse dick. I don't know if I've seen one. They are giant and gross. Well, they must be. They're right? huge. What are we talking? I mean, it, I mean that's a th- at least this. Yeah. And some of them have Ew. been like Ew. Game of it's Thrones crazy. swords. Yeah. Like just very, very giant. Oh my god! I know what I wanted to talk to you about because we were talking about this before. Um, last night. Do you know Justin Martindale? Yes. Comedian. He sends me a photo. Of him and John Stamos. Mm-hmm. Do you know my love for John Stamos? No. Do you have like a like a celebrity that you've always sort of just loved oh. for years? Oh, gosh. This has been my guy. Yeah. Full house. Yeah. He knows it. Stamos knows. Yeah. Like, let's not... Caitlin, his wife, is a very nice person. He's got a kid now. I appreciate it. Respect it. But there's a place. I feel like there's just like a little place in his heart for me. A teeny one. Have you... You've met him, obviously. I've Have, met him Do you feel once. like you get flirty and crazy around him? No, I've okay. only met him once, and he. this was years ago. I saw him perform. He did, like, Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway. <laughs> He's amazing. He's so talented. He's like a triple. That's such a, I don't know why that makes me laugh. I know, that I musical said, in particular. I know. Bye and, Bye um, Birdie. Gina Gershon, I think, was on Ooh. it as well. It was really, it was really good. <laughs> what did he play? <laughs> He Please. played like the main but, guy. It was like really, yes. Aren't they in high school? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. Re- I just was like, <laughs> I was just, just starstruck the whole time. That's, but this a, that's was, amazing. But right when I started comedy, and I was like in the receiving line, you know, like when he was going out and saying hi to everybody, and I said some bullshit Greek to him. He doesn't even speak Greek. But so we, him and I, had like, this. I'm like, gonna get him. I'm gonna speak <laughs> Greek. He's never gonna forget me. <laughs> He's like, what? He's like, oh, I don't speak Greek. I'm like, cool, cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> But I just, like, remember, you know, it, it, so him and I have had this, like, peripheral fun, like, he'll tw- he'll respond to my tweets right. or something. And uh, he actually also reached, he reached out to me when my father passed oh, and sent this really sweet message. Like, he, doesn't it make oh. you, like, you're like, oh, tw-, like, when stuff like that happens, yes. you're like, it can be a, such a supportive place. Yes. And normally you're like, what a, what a cesspool. Right. It's, normally it's so just great. trolls sitting in their underwear responding with hateful tweets. And then there's Stamos who's like, sorry about your dad. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bye bye, Birdie. You know, that's what I said. To <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I wanted to tell you about Stamos, but that, yeah, that, that happened last night. And Justin sent me the photo and I was like, you better back the fuck up off <laughs> my man off my man for sure you better back up oh justin was like look who i'm with yeah justin's like oh me and bff i'm like you don't even you don't know stamos <laughs> you don't know stamos the way i know i stamos. saw him in bye bye Bernie. <laughs> yeah did you see him on broadway <laughs> dubious <laughs> 
what are you like are you working on anything you're excited about now um, Any like passion projects or anything yeah i've got a bunch of stuff i'm kind of transitioning uh, i mean i'm doing a ton of stand-up that's awesome i see you out and about like usually i'll see you on the lineup i'm there the day before or day after you on clubs around town yeah i'm really like um i've been wishing all this all these years that someone would give me a special and now i realize that's not really happening and so what i'm saying is so many people i know do it themselves yes. and i'm always like i don't i just like I want someone to like make it. I just want to do the performing do it part. And now it's like coming Girl. to the point where, okay, if you're going to do it, you got to just, and I've had a couple of, you know, different people kind of pitch different ways to do that. Yeah. And so I kind of got to do that. At I some think point. you should if do I'm it yourself. Continue doing standup. Um, you should listen to Andrew Schultz on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Yeah. Does he talk he about talks doing that? Exactly about that. And I've, I've been thinking the same thing. You need to listen to this episode. It will I mean, this is embarrassing to it. admit that because I, I in my life, am, I feel like I'm still holding on to this sweet, sweet past I had with being on the show like mm-hmm. 24. I, I, it's, I've mostly let it go, but you know, it used it's to hard. be like first class. You know, people, yep. people taking care of you, and for so many years, I kind of relied on um, acting jobs. I was lucky enough, so every time. You know, I'm sitting in front of a uh, laptop to write a screenplay, and I'm always like, "Oh, let that acting job like take me away from all this." Yes. And you know, my reps, I think, are kind of like that too, in the sense that, well, I nobody, people don't care about stand up unless you're selling a shitload of tickets, right? <laughs> that's, mean, that's just a when, general from rule. From that side of from that side of the industry, for sure. Because like, my background has been acting, so that it's stands to reason that they're like oh we'll just wait until you you know you get you, another you, gig yeah you have you've had this and i'm sort of like to the end of my rope with that game yeah because that game isn't that 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 game doesn't work in this climate anymore that game worked yeah. in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and i and i've been i think i've held on to it probably for a little bit too long so now but it's been good because i've been like slowly developing stuff and i'm like suddenly i'm like oh i'm not i don't want to audition so you know i have this project that I'm shooting next week with like a director that's going to be a pitch for a show. Yep. And there's all these things that like I, I can spend my energy on. I don't want to say I was like lazy, but I think I, I did wait for that like lottery ticket of the acting yeah, job. Like and the then next it, gig to come. I yeah. don't think it's laziness. I think it's just you're a product of the, the industry we're in. Yeah. And also the industry is in this transitional time especially because of how everyone is so capable to become independent <clears throat> with their own careers yes. because of the advancements in technology and how we hold in our hand a whole production cr- crew. Yes. You know, if you learn the, the skills, you could essentially shoot a show on your phone. Yes, you can. And so to get over those, like, those troubleshooting learning curves, that's the hard part. And yeah. I've, I've been in the same place where it's like, oh, I just, I want, you know, Netflix to do my special, or I really wish HBO or blah, blah, blah. That... There's a time and place for that, and just right. because it's not coming doesn't mean that you can't create your right, own. Right, that, that you shouldn't rely you on. You can't rely on it. The timing of no something big ticket. Right. When, it, when really, the stand-up is all about creating it yourself anyway. Absolutely. Like, that's the whole beauty of it, right? right? Is you're on stage, and it's you, and you're in control. So why would you... Why would you give that look, up? Yeah, why would you give that up? You know, in in the generation prior to social media, YouTube... 
the way people are, are consuming content currently that right. worked. Right, right, Those right. Sort You're of relying like, upon like, oh, I hope the network right. gets me out there. And now Timing like- was a real thing. There's no time now is non-linear within the social media and entertainment industry <laughs> i like that i like that i just time it, is now non-linear it is yeah, because of the a, way it's well been said. working yeah you there's you can't there's no more waiting there's i no just more... did a guest spot on criminal minds and i that's was dope I, it was really did it fun. feel good yeah i was the i'm the bad lady Ooh. but um not not totally i'm just like an accomplice to the bad the evil man right but uh but it was such a throwback for me to like walk on the set and be like oh yeah remember sets remember <laughs> networks and shows yeah remember networks remember there's just a would you coffee machine yes and, you know, like a whole person you where dedicated to yes yeah. it's it's interesting how it's evolved and it's it really is it's every man and woman for themselves out there now not in like a competitive <laughs> tone but just in a in a in the aspect that you can create yes. anything you want. You really can. And, you know, we're in, we're in L.A. There's so many freaking talented people who are dying And you can create show. a baby if you want. Hold on. Let me get, get the, the semen. Get the semen. <laughs> <laughs> can you? I feel like. You can create. Hold on. Spread your legs. Turn the cameras off. We need to get you up on this table. And it's just Let's a puppy. Just get the angle. Angle up. I wonder if we did do puppy semen, dog semen. If I don't want to say puppy because there's too young, that'd be really <laughs> gross. Um, dog <laughs> semen. If it would be a shorter gestation period, you know, if it wouldn't know. be nine months, because I feel like our, dogs aren't pregnant for that long, right? That's only like a few weeks. Is that I'm not true? A scientist. You just blew my mind. Okay, well, how long? <laughs> Let's see. <Damn> how <laughs> how long are dogs yeah, pregnant? Right. There's no nine months. What's your guess? Oh Jesus! How long do you think? Two months. What? You're not ready for this. You're not ready for all this jelly. 58 days. Holy shit. Perfect. Perfect. That's what I just said. I said yeah. two months. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's great. And you get six of them, at yeah. least. Yeah. One might be a little nubby, but that's fine. Wait, so when you said you didn't want to have a puppy in there, you want to have a full dog? No, I meant, I didn't want to take puppy semen because that's not that's not right. Oh, puppy semen. Yeah, got that's rude. That's illegal because they're young. Yeah. But full that's, grown dog semen. I'm a grown woman. He's a consenting dog. Yeah. That's not gross. That's totally is normal. Is he a consenting dog? Well, <laughs> see, you tell me. Where did you, you gotta get it? catch it? <laughs> he loved it. You he loved me. every minute. Of it. <laughs> he loved you. Look me in the eyes. You look me in the eyes. Damn it! <laughs> he was looking in my eyes. <laughs> this is gonna be the strangest episode between my tears and puppies. <laughs> Aaron, are you okay over there? Okay. He's, he said that like he wasn't. Yeah, he's like, fully I'm, not, okay. I'm, 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 I'm triggered. He's like, I'm trying to block. He's calling Peter right now. He's, fr- <laughs> he's calling Peter as we speak. Guys, I'm fine. Uh, my dog over here is a little. <laughs> oh no! He does have his dog. Well, cover the ears. Is your dog here? Yeah, yeah. She's over the corner. This is an awkward no. time to tell you, but you're about to be a uncle. I don't know <laughs> what you're. A, a grandfather? grandfather are you my new dad you're <laughs> you my father-in-law it. oh my god aaron you're my father-in-law because your dog donated semen to maryland it's in her bag you oh, okay geez. with that yeah yeah i mean okay. it's science all right he was consenting he was asleep when he goes but... to the restroom we just go and <laughs> yeah he goes to the restroom we just keep getting more <laughs> sperm samples <laughs> what is that felt like aggressive towards the dog that it little did. like riffing that we did i know i did the show in uh I was just in Moon Tower Comedy Festival and uh, oh yeah, how was it? That just it was happened fun. last yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was really fun. I love Moon Tower. Yeah, I just got back yesterday. How? Um, what, what shows did you do? 
I did. So many fun ones out there. I did the goddamn comedy jam. Nice. What song? What I song? sang Creep by Radiohead. And it's not a complicated song, but I, first of all, did not practice, even though I've done it before, forgot the words, and Josh <laughs> looked at me, and there's like photos and video of it. He looked at me, and we were singing into the same mic. You know how Josh is. Yeah. And he was looking into my eyes like the soul of the universe. Third I eyes I remember open. these songs. Well, and he was singing with me, like helping me. But I was so emoting at the beginning, like I was so in it that I like lost my mind. Yeah. And we (laughs) sang it together, but there's a photo of us and he sent me the photo and it looks like, I'm going to show you, it looks like it's a star is born. Like we're just like (laughs) looking so deeply into each other's eyes. Josh is so intense. That's his like, yeah, it's, it's second nature for him to be on stage singing and doing all of like the music and the intensity and the intensity. The goddamn comedy jam is one of the most fun. You're going (laughs) to on my IG. can you guys see it's on her IG. it's out of can control you, you can intensity? see how intimate we were like we were feeling it. oh yeah look at your face oh my this really is a star <laughs> it's a total oh my Sorry god that. so that's a fun show so the goddamn fun. comedy jam i don't know if he's gonna be doing it for much longer really yeah because he's starting to do the um his podcast oh yeah the 500 the rolling stone top 500 albums of all time I think nice. he's doing that with Spotify. Oh, good. Yeah, it's awesome. Good. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. Yeah, that goddamn comedy jam seems like a lot to keep it going. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, to... but as a comedian to get up there, everyone wants to be a rock star. Yeah. Most people want to be comedians, but everyone wants to be a rock star. Yeah. I mean, it's just a cool, it's a cool thing. Yeah. So when you get to combine both, it just, it's, it feels <laughs> totally like recess. Yeah, my own star is born. <laughs> you really did. My own alley It looks moment. like you guys are on the road together, just living <sighs> the dream making music yeah moon tower is a lot of fun i did that last year are you going to just for laughs this year i don't think so i went i went last year the year before last year i don't know yeah it's there's so many different like festivals are you gonna go i think i am yeah we're talking about it that the nasty show apparently i'm not your clean seinfeld comedian but whatevs That'll be fun. Yeah. The Nasty Show is a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll be up in there telling dick jokes. Maybe I'll even mention a little dog semen in there. See how the people like it. I'd be curious to see you go from your dick jokes to like talking about your dad on stage. I know. That would be that would be true art. But you said you were doing it on I, the road. Yeah. I was or doing, you just do it because your road shows you, you can cause it's connect with people. Yeah. It's so much harder to like drop that stuff in on the club sets yeah. here unless it's really refined. And it's yeah. not quite. You know, I, I yeah. talked about him while he was sick. And it, now I'm in this interesting place where I was talking about about him when he was sick, but because that was such a short time frame and then he passed, I'm trying to find the the flow of it now because now it's he's gone. So it's oh. like all of like the, you know, him being dead jokes as opposed to him being sick. So I'm trying to figure out how to make all of that work together and have it still be cohesive. It's a challenge for sure. And also that's cool that, that you went into it in your longer shows that you had, had the courage to, to do it. I like I had to because not talking about it made me feel fucking crazy. It made me feel like a, like a liar. Yeah. And then similar thing to like, I'm sure giving birth and having a child, losing someone, what you care about and what you talk about and things that matter change. Yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the most powerful stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. So you know, trying to life and death. put that in between the, the dick jokes is a challenge. 
I really don't have dick jokes, but you know what I mean? Just on an overall. Now I'm envisioning that you prep that set, but mm-hmm. it still is for the nasty show. Yeah. That'd be powerful. Ooh. I don't know. I, who knows? I don't no, know where that you're at could with be it. Fun. You know what I mean? Like, that's a goal. Whether or not you no, get it there. No, that could be really fun. There could be a way to make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I do, oh, I do have jokes about my dad's dick. <laughs> what are you? What, have you seen your dad's dick? Recently or always? I mean, do you want to talk recently, about it? I don't know if it's Do you need to there. cry again? Because <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> do you need to cry again? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, basically, the first time my man met my father was in the whole interim of my father being oh, sick. Yeah. And so I basically was going over Nancy Drew style because my sisters and mom were like, we don't know what's going on. Maybe because I was the closest with him. They're like, maybe you can tell us what's up. And so I went over to his house and my man had come over to meet him. And so I didn't know what to expect. And my man, you know, was just going to meet my dad and so i knock on the door and my dad answers <laughs> answers the door without any pants <laughs> he is just like this tiny whitey <laughs> like this shirt was he expecting him i don't know but he knew i was like, coming yeah. over and this was early <laughs> on like this was probably like the <laughs> first stage of alzheimer's like towards the end of the first stage probably stage two now oh looking back. so he wasn't necessarily he wasn't doing it on purpose it. Oh, okay. yeah he wasn't doing it on purpose it was okay but i didn't know the extent of what was going on right. so i was planning on just him being like is it tuesday meanwhile it's like do i have pants on like his full fully exposed oh uh, not a small situation i will say whoa that was jarring for me to be like um there there's a human arm down there uh and so i was like oh hi (laughs) he's just elephant trunking underneath his shirt and i was like this is Darius like he's like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't I just, I don't know what's happening. This might be like a Sicilian standoff. Oh, I don't know what shit. this is. Take yours out too. I think he's. I think he needs. You to, have to take your dick out now. It's this sort is, of that's how it's my tradition. dad. Yeah, that's how we do it. It's Italian Cr- tradition. Christmas and when he meets new boyfriends. Christmas and new boyfriends. <laughs> you, he's got to square up. So we just need to Holy see shit. tip to tip. Do people die when you say that in the club? <sighs> yeah, I mean that's definitely. That's the intro into all of it. So oh that'd be, are you sweating? Are you, are you no, sweating? No, just cheap earrings. <laughs> I try to put Neosporin, but I'm still I do the same gotta thing. get it out of my ears. I, um, yeah, I'm getting loose over <laughs> here. Yeah, you're like, all right, we're crying. <laughs> we're talking about dead dads and dicks. He, I tried to talk about it and it does. It's, it, I think it'd be a good intro into the nasty show. I never even thought about yes, that. Yes. Doing it. I'll have to text you and be like, did it? Also pregnant. <laughs> I'll text you for like, hey, I want to let you know that those jokes worked. And so did the scene. Yes. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah. I got pregnant when I was 37, I That's think. Well, really? My, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I could, you know, I'm pretty healthy. You can push it to like 42 could, like, if you, you think need so? to. Sure. Oh, Why not? That would be ideal. Are you being for real? Why not? Let's Google it. When's the last age a woman should have a child? Well, who's right? I mean, they're going to. When I had the kid at 37, I was still treated like this is way late. Like you get extra testing and you're treated like you're an old hag. Yeah. 
But you can do it. People do it all the time. Right? I mean, yeah. didn't the Guinness, I mean, you Guinness might, oldest woman to give birth? Let's see. What's your guess? Um, it's going to be something crazy. But I'm I know that I'm um, like 70. Um, whoa, whoa. That is That's crazy. crazy. Wasn't it Annie Leibovitz did it at like 57 She did or do something? it a little bit older. I thought you were going to say Annie or Lederman. Six. I'm like, Annie Lederman? <laughs> How old is she? God, she looks great. <laughs> Maria del Carmen Busada Delora. Hell yeah. Jesus, she gave birth to a long freaking name. 66 years old. Almost 67 when she gave birth to twins. IVF. See? Uh, I was just that's what I was just wondering. That's it was so, so that's she not did natural. It on purpose. Yeah. yeah. She she did it on 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 purpose. That's kind of freaky. Women who go through menopause will not be able to get pregnant without help. Wow, that's Ooh. wild. You go through menopause, you go through menopause and you get menopause and you have a kid. Oh. That's just greedy. It really is. That's just greedy. I agree. That's like nature's going to come back and be like, this isn't the plan. Yeah. You weren't supposed to do it this way. Yeah. You know, I feel like she's going to do some really cruel shit to you in your sleep. Like, that's just cheating. I might yeah. try it out, though. I mean, if it works. Yeah, you're. she's the receptacle. Here we go. They will need to use eggs from a donor or a frozen stash. Hello. Of their own eggs. Per stash. So you're just going to have to be, you know. Travel size. Yeah. Like on the plane I'm going to be it. like, yo, Mary Lynn, hook me up with that bag stash. Give me some of that, those, them frozen semen sacks. Listen, you're good. You're going to have your baby. <sighs> you sure? What if I, what if it's like four kids that come out? You going to help? Sure. I'll help. I feel like you would, even though I don't really know you that well. I, hope. I, f I felt like that was real. Yeah. I mean, where do you live? Do I got to go over the hill? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the kicker. Are you over the? Are you yeah. in the valley? Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm in the valley. Oh, I'm you are. About it, I'm yeah. on the west side. Oh, I can't oh, help. Fuck. I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna have to get like somebody who's sorry. local to help me out. I can't Son help. of a. You come here to do your podcast? I know. I come out vacation. here. Well, it's just kind of, it feels nice. I got Aaron yeah. over there in the in the nook. It is nice. With my husband on the floor, all fours. <laughs> How is he? Is he feeling okay? Is everything, are you keeping his sack at a 98.6? Just steady. Give it, give it another go. Steady. <laughs> yeah, but he's, we're on a Whenever schedule. Whenever he's ready. We're on an ovulation schedule. My <laughs> <laughs> God, get the semen out of your bag. Get the semen. Coming right up. What, um, where can my glorious people find you? Uh, MarylynMaryland.com. MarylynMaryland.com. Are you on the road coming up anywhere? Yeah. Where are you at? Oh, the road. Oh, I'm going on the road with Fred Armisen. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, in May. I'm super excited. That'll be fun. Do you know yeah. where you guys are going to be performing? We're all clubs over. Or We're a different city every night in that's like awesome. rock clubs. Oh, that's so cool. I did it once with him before and it, it's a blast. Like, it's such a fun show and his audiences are rad and they usually sell out. Where are we going this time? I haven't even looked at the sketch. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun, but they can find it on your website. Yes. And Twitter. So, yeah, it's all on the website. That's great. You've been a delight. I mean, you've shed some light on my life and made me cry. Yes. Hope you feel good about yourself. I'm excited about your nasty show set. I feel great about myself. <laughs> no, you really helped me out. Yeah. Because, like you were saying, because you were talking about doing the dick jokes, but then also talking about your dad. And I was like, that's kind of like you're already, yeah. you're already doing that. And that's yeah. the most powerful stuff anyway. Yeah. Even though it's the nasty show, you hit him with some life or death. I know. I mean, can't nasty truth. be sort of... It's just a word, and you interpret it 
as a comedian. But you like, can still be nasty. You can, I can still be nasty. You're talking about dad's him. dick is not yeah. the cleanest. That's amazing. You know, Seinfeld's talking about his dad's socks, not his dick. Hello. <laughs> this is the new frontier. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal, 2020. <laughs> Here we go. Marilyn, you've been a delight. You are a delight. This Thank is you a really nice me. conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making me cry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.